Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, your host. As always, glad to be in studio and especially glad because this is a jam-packed studio. It's been a while since all the microphones have been filled. I've been dreaming of this for a month or so just due to the amazing series that we've been having. But you know, hey, people have lives and things like that, but we are jam-packed today and I just want to thank you for being here in this episode. Um, wherever you're listening from, we're just happy that you're tuning in. Make sure and give this episode a share. You'll get all the links to follow us everywhere in the description. So I want to get to our guests. This is a this is gonna be a fun episode, and I'm just ready for it. So I'm gonna to start to my left, and uh, let's introduce ourselves, and uh, we'll we'll get going with our guest question that we hit everybody with. All right, my name is Semo Siolonga, and I'm one of the associate pastors. Sorry, associate pastors here at King Church. I'm glad to be here on the podcast this week. Hey everybody, my voice will probably be familiar, but it's been, uh, it's been a while, a few weeks yep. since I've been in the studio, so happy to be back. My name is Michael Gibson. I'm also one of the associate pastors here at Keene and have the privilege of leading Elevate, our mm. expression of young adult ministries. So let's go. Let's do it. Oh, we have one more person. That's right. <laughs> yes. We have one more person. I'm Danae Sanji and I'm a radio pastor. Uh, yes, she uh, is. There you go. At 88.3 The Journey FM. So happy to be here. That's cool. I have both of my bosses in the room. It's a little <laughs> nerve-wracking. Uh, but yeah, I do work with Danae at, at The Journey. and Pressure's on, man. She's a great boss. Love her. So yes. <laughs> happy that she could join us for today's episode. Okay, so we have a question that we ask all of our guests. And we'll go in the same order just to keep everything nice and simple. <laughs> the question is, what makes you who you are? I think that's the third time that I'll be answering the question. Third so time, that's right. I was uh, struggling for a different answer here, but you know... Um, the uh, past answers that I've given uh, today, the different a- different answer is uh, my heritage, you know, and um, where I come from, and um, those who have come before me, and uh, their decisions have impacted my life today. So mm. I'm standing on the shoulders of my grandfather, my grandmother, my the ones that came before them, and because of all the decisions that they have made in the past, uh, down to today, mm-hmm. makes me who I am, you know, and the position that I'm in to be in this great country to. Uh, have a better future to get, have an ed- education and be able to serve the church now as a mm. past, as a pastor. Mm. Amen. For me, uh, I don't know. I think the last time I answered this, I was in the midst of like, yeah, I'm going to run more. I got pushups yeah, on the way your, and everything. You were on yeah. your exercise journey. I was on my exercise journey. <laughs> yeah. journey. And um, actually I've been battling some knee injuries from that. And I'm trying mm. to figure out like, What's up with that? Um, and so I'm a little bit off pace of what I thought I would be like looking back at November until now. And so I'm realizing that what makes me who I am is not um, what I am or am not successful in. It's being willing to show up and be present. Mm. And so in, in my relationship with God, he's been teaching me a lot of things. And as I've been trying to figure out my health uh, and that presence is key. And then out of presence comes the things that I do and how I live and breathe. And that is a, that's a daily, that's a daily struggle. So yeah, someone a couple of weeks ago, my, my wife and I went over to somebody's house. They invited us over to eat and uh, 
someone was like, so how's your running thing going? <laughs> and I was like, how did you know about that? And I'm like, Uh-oh. oh, the podcast, yep. podcast listener. Yep. So um, Aaron, here's my confession that I, yeah, yeah, conversation that we have. So yeah, I, I'm still still figuring that out, but knowing that I I rest in the the confidence of of, of what God has, has called me to. It's awesome. And then I just, I just need to be in his presence. What, what was it? 2000? Was it 2000 pushups a month? I, mm, a thousand? Might have been oh, a thousand. What was it? I don't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like, no, oh, it was going to be, it was going to be 2000. 2000 pushups 2000. a month. Yeah. yeah. I think I got to like four or 500 and then I like, holidays are always busy. And then sure. I was, I was fighting the knee Extra injuries weight. on rate. Yeah. Thanksgiving, that, Christmas. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kelvin. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> I'm with you. I had my grandma in town, so I was in a heap of trouble. Oh, her, so. her cooking's good. <laughs> oh, that's right. I got I did. to taste it. Yeah. So anyways, anyway, that's, that's enough about me. <laughs> all righty. I'm all caught up. What's the question again? <laughs> what makes you who you are? Man, um, I, I'm going to steal a little bit of your answer. Uh, sure. Samuel. I, I grew up in a, a household that was Christian and it wasn't just like, let's go to church. It was, hey, let's, let's go outside. Let's incorporate into everything that we do. So I credit mm-hmm. my mom and my dad mm-hmm. and their, both of their parents as well. Um, and so then I continued on with it. So I think what, what makes me who I am today is actually the devotional life that I've had my entire life because of my dad. Mm. Um, and I just, before I could read, he would sit there on the couch and read his Bible and I would set up all my little stuffed animals and open my Bible. I had no idea, you know, what was happening, but it was, that's how it started. And so I've just always had that. And I think it's helped to lead me. I've definitely had some blunders and some detours, uh, but God is good. And I think that's why I, am where I am today and, and who I am today because of that practice of staying close to Jesus every day. Mm. Wow. That's funny you mentioned that because I answer that this question as well every time I host and it's got to be different and I look for something, but I was thinking of my dad recently also. And when I was a little kid, Friday nights, you know, he always does a study. My dad's been a Sabbath school teacher for eternity and uh, <laughs> uh, he loves it, which is great. And he would, you know, play the piano or study, and I would just kind of sit next to him and read a children's book or whatever it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a couple weeks ago, he went upstairs. I was preaching at my at a church, and he started playing the piano in the other room. And so as I was studying, my dad was playing the piano. I was like, "Man, this is so cool." We used to do this as little kids when I was a little kid. So I'm going to steal some family answers here and say that kind of makes me who I am and the experience I've had with with family. Well, yes, we are uh, in the middle of a fantastic series, um, Hope Has a Name, dealing with mental health and kind of how God can transform our minds. And this week was uh, particularly interesting. Before I get to the message, I I have, uh, I believe you've been on during the series, right, Samu? Is that right? I think I had you on. Not this one. Not this series? The, uh, Righteousness by Heart. Oh, this is perfect then. I have a question for the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've asked our guest every time, uh, for the last four weeks, because I think it's just important to kind of know what people think, what kind of why we do this podcast. Everybody has their own story and opinion. This has not been a subject that we talk a lot about in church. At least I've never heard a series. I told Pastor Michael when he threw the idea, I was like, man, do it. Let's go like a hundred miles an hour. This is awesome. Mental health is, is huge right now. And so I, I want to get maybe from personal experiences or you guys' thoughts and whoever wants to take it can can go for it. Why maybe we haven't talked about this as much as maybe we need to in our church, this issue of mental health and how God can transform our minds. 
Well, I'm going to go first because I had a recent experience that was new for me. Okay, go for it. Um, sometimes when we say yes to God, we, we say yes, but not with our whole hearts. So mm-hmm. for the past couple of years, um, I've said yes to him. Some pretty big things, um, adoption, becoming manager, both things I didn't plan. And I didn't realize, but resentment had built up within me. And so I just came out of it. But my entire month of December, <laughs> uh, last month, um, I, um, I started to have uh, physical anxiety symptoms uh, panic attacks. It was mm. affecting me at work. Um, I would just start crying for no reason. I had very bizarre, f- bizarre thoughts, and there was nothing really on the outside. And this is why I think people don't talk about it enough, is because it doesn't look like anything's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all happening inside. And someone could look at my life and be like, "You have no reason to complain," and they would be right. I don't, but I, I, could, I didn't understand what was. What was going on? My heart rate was climbing and um, I was crying out to God and I would just like it wouldn't I would be in a store and all of a sudden my my heart would start racing. I would start feeling like I couldn't breathe, but yet I wanted to act normal because Mm -hmm. I didn't want anybody to know because Mm -hmm. it's weird. Mm -hmm. I felt weird. And that was like my Christmas. And then I'm like, wow, if this doesn't end, I can't keep my job. I was like, I, I'm not going to be like, God, you're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. And then I came to a point, and I, I do believe that that part of it was hanging on too much or content, uh, discontent way out of bounds with my life. So I really came to God, you know, days of fasting and prayer. I went on a little retreat one weekend mm-hmm. um, to a yurt. That was super fun. Um, and I surrendered everything I could possibly think of that was my plan, that I wanted that I had convinced myself that I needed. That really helped my mental health, and um, I came out of it in January. And um, I'm still counting the days, um, mm. and it's been getting better. Uh, but I, I can say that I have a different sense of compassion now for people who um, struggle with PTSD. I helped uh, my sister through um, PTSD for many years. So I'm very aware of what it does. Like mm-hmm. you can just look at somebody and there's just something in their eyes. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do for me at that time was to just completely treat me normal. Tell me that you're praying for me or say, hey, you want to go on a walk or something? Um, it wasn't, are you okay? <laughs> um, because that would just make me feel even worse. It trigger everything. Yeah. 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 So my recent experience has really awakened me to some extra compassion mm-hmm. that I've been using on air. And also when somebody says they've been struggling with anxiety, like all of a sudden my, my ears perk up because I can relate. And God recently sent me a student who called me in tears about a week after I kind of came out of it uh, that attends Southwestern Adventist University. And she says, I don't know what to do. I've been struggling with this. And I was like, wow, God, that verse is true. You know, God really lets us have the opportunity to help somebody else mm-hmm. with the help that he's mm-hmm. given us. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Danae, for that. Yeah. Um, experience. I think I can. I can speak to kind of where I'm coming from. The reason why I wanted to do this series is I'd hear from students of like we don't talk enough about this, yeah. and I think that uh, our treatment of scripture and the integration of scripture and mental health is like just pray about it and it'll go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the just be the, strong. Yeah. Right. And and there's and there's there's legitimate reasons why we should hold to a mentality of like i'm strong and you know that positive kind of self-talk and reinforcement but there comes to a point where in the same way you wouldn't keep running on a foot that's broken 
Yeah. And in my case, I won't keep running on my knees that are in bad shape, right? Like I recognize that there's something wrong with them. So I need to do something about that. And it's not just like grin and bear it and like push through to do a couple more miles, Michael. It's like, no, like if I, I don't know what's going on. I got to get that figured out. Uh, in the same way, our, our, our minds are just as much a part of our physical body as they are a part of our spiritual being and um, our emotional center uh, and our, I guess I should say our brain and then mind being like the cognitive spot. So our brain are, is an integrated part of our physical body. And if that is imbalanced or affected in a particular way, we need to do something about it. And we haven't had the tools to, to equip people to do that. Hmm. One thing that the student and I had in common is we had, we had pushed too long, too hard. Like you were saying Mm -hmm. on your feet and on your knees, this whole pray and it'll go away, cast all your cares on the Lord thing. It, it it does work if you can catch it early, yeah. but we, we don't worry about uh, things until they become problems. Yeah. And so then you get to a point where you actually do need some outside help. You know, mm. I, I sought counseling. Um, I tried some, some herbs and it did help. Um, did I say that wrong? I'm sorry. Herbs. <laughs> herbs. Um, <laughs> what kind of herbs? Yeah, have what, what kind of herbs have been trying, <laughs> What type of party is this? <laughs> no, but I do this think- This is a family show. That's Sorry. Um, I'll share it with you later. Um, nice. So there's this book. It's called Tell Yourself the Truth. And what we tell ourselves- and I'm, I'm part of a group here at the church called Self-Talk for Moms. And it's amazing. We don't realize what we're telling ourselves all the time. And so the student said, I said, when did this start? She said, August. And I'm like, mm. well, what have you done? She said, nothing until she's incapacitated. And then now, of course, not just kneeling down for a couple minutes is going to fix it. Yeah. But I think that um, we need to be preemptive about mental health and awareness is the first step. Mm-hmm. I think along those lines... um, that's the reason why, you know, it wasn't, it's not talked about much in churches because one, nobody really knows how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. And there's two, not a one size fits all answer. Yeah, there's either. not a one size fits all. Yeah. And like, you know, going back to what I was saying, you know, a lot of it's just, oh, pray it through or, you know, or be stronger and stuff like that. And uh, okay. second is, you know, uh, I don't think um, people who have the experience don't want to come out and share the experience with others because it's embarrassing, of the, it's embarrassing and the stigmatism that sticks with them, right? Mm-hmm. Through, throughout. Mm-hmm. And, so I think those are, you know, some of the reasons why people don't want to talk about it, especially in church. Yeah. The very place where we should be vulnerable, should mm-hmm. be open, sometimes is the last place where, you know, people want to be open yeah. and stuff. Yeah. When I was in college yeah. and I found out some guy I was interested in had, in, like, anxiety or he shared it with me, I was like, oh, <laughs> um, see ya. I mean, not, not really, but I understand because, yeah. you know, because it's an unknown um, yeah. But I think we just need to look at it differently. And it, it does all start with a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. As I was listening to the message, this is kind of the first time that um, over the last four weeks we'd really hit. I guess I was the word I was looking for was mine. I was waiting for it. I was like, I knew we we're going to hit it at some point. Yeah. 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 And I couldn't help but think to the series we ended last year with mm-hmm. right righteousness by heart and how God wants to change our hearts and now he's going for our minds and I wanted to ask is is that a double whammy that God does uh, or or does he have to tackle our hearts and our minds differently I don't know I think they're they're one in the same there was a study I read recently about monkeys and these monkeys these scientists fed monkeys uh, I don't know what they were feeding them some fruit and then they had an MRI of the brain 
as these monkeys. Do you know this study? No. Okay. We're, <laughs> I'm just uh, excited to hear yes, it. I'm like, yeah. We're, we're eating and it was, you know, the pleasure centers right. in the brain. Uh-huh. And then they had the monkeys watch the researchers eat fruit. And the same pleasure centers went off mm-hmm. in their brain. They didn't even mean to find that. They just left the the machines, you know, the MRI equipment attached somehow. And so, in other words, when you watch an inappropriate scene on a movie, you're experiencing the same pleasure in your mind as if you were doing it. And I uh, think yeah. that that is extremely, it shows the power and the beauty of the mind and the capacity that the enemy has to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's scary, but it's also exciting because it means we can harness it mm-hmm. and sure. protect it. Yeah. I think the biblical writers, and I allude to it in the message as well, mm-hmm. heart and mind are are tight. There are specific instances where they're they're separated, but I think we have a Greek influence of thought when there's the dichotomy of the two. Because um, in a lot of ways, you can't have a properly ordered heart without a properly ordered mind mm. and vice versa. Um, and so I think... God goes after both and they're one of the same while different at the same time. I think mm-hmm. God gets me by my heart and he gets my husband Jared by his mind. Mm. I think maybe he knows how to touch us and then, you know, kind of pull it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You yep. have your Bible open. Please tell me, <laughs> please read a Bible verse. I was like, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> no, I have it open to the, the passage that we were on in case okay. I, I referenced it. Okay. Would you like, I, I, I would can, love to hear cool. it. Sure, go for it. All right. Therefore... I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Hmm. so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You know what that means? That means it doesn't matter how much trash that you have seen or done in your life. You can mm-hmm. be renewed just like somebody who's lived in a bubble their whole life. That's right. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing about what Jesus does mm-hmm. to our minds. Yeah. Well, and I, to, to connect it to, to the message, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Is that what I? Yep. 1 Corinthians chapter yep. 2. Paul says, we have the mind of Christ. I love that. And so it's not something that you like, oh, one day I'll have <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's clean slate. And it, and it, and as I looked at this, I, the term exercise came to me, right? It's like, oh, I want bigger biceps. It's like, you don't, you don't start with like, man, what's it going to take for me to actually Mm. have biceps? It's like, no, you have them. It's just what you use them for. Mm. So I think that the same thing is true for our minds. We have the mind of Christ. What are we going to use that mind for? Mm. And are we going to look at the pure and lovely and beautiful things? Or are we going to input it with the the junk of the world right. so you're given the resources to to navigate this world and it's in partnership with jesus that you're able to do that in a healthy way if True. you're a netflix netflix binge watcher um i would suggest obviously cold turkey is great if you know you're watching something that you shouldn't um but uh, a practical way of doing it instead of focusing on what you shouldn't be doing and looking at it's actually better to Add more of what you should be. Maybe listening and going back to a couple more of these podcasts instead of something else. And Mm -hmm. just do that, you know, once a day and then just kind of take, God will take it from there. You take Mm -hmm. one step, um, you're His. So this isn't meant to discourage you because 
um, if you're hearing this for the first time and you're realizing, oh my goodness, what I, what I'm, my brain affects what mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's hope. The, the word renewing there is, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, in the original language, it's not a complete action. Mm-hmm. It's an action that's uh, mm-hmm. the, to be done in the present and for the future, yeah. mm-hmm. which means that yeah. it's not a one and done, but it's a yeah. continual daily thing, process that yeah. we have to go through. Yeah. So the renewing of the mind, uh, because you know uh, the the truth of the matter is we do live in a sinful world, so th- there is things that creep into our, or yeah. we allow things to creep in sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. the hope is we are able to renew our minds afresh yeah. daily. I think it took me a couple of years to renew my mind after I came to my real conversion experience. But it it wasn't a discouraging thing. It was it felt good to take one step closer and then the next day I would take another step closer and then I might have a day where I fell a little bit. Um, hung out with an old friend and I'm like, man, I just don't like where the conversations go when I hang out with this person. <laughs> um but then you yeah. just you just keep trying and you you pray for God's help um and it's actually uh you know, a lot easier than you think it's going to be because it's not done in your strength. It's done yeah. in his strength. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like that. Um, it's a daily thing. It's not just a fix all. I'm going to be good tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's a daily thing. And I think that's with God, everything is a process and we hate that word. Uh, we hate it I do. because we're extremely impatient. Um, and, but I think in the end, it all works out. I'm going to give my sports analogy. Here we go. Here goes Kelvin, <laughs> completely unfiltered here. Years ago, I'd say six, seven years ago, the basketball team in Philadelphia, they had this thing called the process where they were literally going to lose basketball games on purpose so that they could get as many picks as they could and get the best players coming out of college, right? Oh, yeah. Ah. And so they just called it the process, and they would tank games on purpose. Like, you could just tell. They were bad to begin with. But anyway... One year they won like eight or nine of 82 games. I mean, it was bad. They wanted to make sure they got the best player. And after a couple of years of doing this, they started accumulating some talent. And now they're they're pretty good because of that. But it it wasn't only going to take one player to fix it. Mm -hmm. It was going to take them having to do this. It's kind of illegal now. But uh, it it took them a a few years to do this. And when it comes to renewing my mind and heart, I have to understand that God has to work every day. You know, it's not just a... Tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and whew, all my mental illness is gone and I'm good right. to go. Yeah. Um, so we just have to stay patient. So I like yeah. what you guys have been saying. It's not a uh, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. Something that clicked for me, uh, and we've mentioned this book before in the podcast, the book Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. I'm um, in the middle of it. Okay. It's amazing. So I hope I don't spoil it for you if you're no, not no, there no. yet. No, no, no. Go for um, it. But he uses the analogy of compound interest on like a Roth IRA or a retirement mm. um, fund. He says the if you begin a retirement fund at 50 and you chunk thousands of dollars at it, you will not surpass the person who started putting 50 bucks a month in yeah. when they were 20. Yep. And the reason is that compounding exponential, just it doubles and grows. And so if you, speaking to the person right now, you're listening and and you're frustrated with where your mind is. Look back over your life and think about the compounding interest of the negative influences that have have formed your mind to be what they are. And to think about the power that they hold over your mind because of how long they've been able to just run freely, to live rent-free. I think mm. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living rent-free <laughs> you in go. your mind, right? But then think to the future and think 30 years down the road, where do you want to be? Mm. 
Do you want to be more spiritually formed? Do you want to be closer to Jesus? Well, that result requires today to put your two pennies in. And those two pennies put in, whether it's taking five minutes to have a a mindfulness moment. I just recently got an Apple watch and it dings and it's like, take yeah. a mindfulness moment, right? Uh, or, I turn that off. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to because it doesn't come when I want to have a mindfulness moment. Or like moment. breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop. It's like, oh, thank you. I forgot. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes your two pennies, whether it is that five minutes or you're going to say, hey, I'm going to wake up 15 minutes earlier tomorrow morning. Um, the decisions that you make today affect what's coming in the future. And if you want to live that like deeply spiritually formed life, it requires small adjustments today. You don't have to big build Notre Dame tomorrow. Yeah. You start today. So uh, sometimes I get tired of making three meals a day uh, for my son. I want him to grow. And we do have a growth chart. Um, but I don't, f- I don't actually see him growing. So the investment in this renewing, uh, for instance, I did a triathlon last year and I looked at the amount of miles that I was going to be doing, um, you know, swimming. Well, it was only one mile swim, but then, you know, 25 mile bike ride, six mile run. And I'm like, I've never done those things in a row. And I was like, I, I've i only ever done this once, you know. And so I, I was like, how am I going to get there? But it was every day exercising whether I felt like it or not. So don't feel guilty if sometimes your time with God feels like a chore. That is okay. You can take just about any exercise quote and apply it to your spiritual life, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of cool. Um, because I think we get the idea that it's supposed to feel like a romance all the time. And mm-hmm. no, it's a relationship. And a relationship takes work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And keeping your mind in the right place takes work work mm-hmm. but it's so worth it mm-hmm. in the end you know talking about the, the waiting <clears throat> experience uh brought me back to uh experience that we had a few summers ago we got to go seeing at the uh technical conference of uh, camp meeting they had over there in uh, Redoso, i think is the name of the city but uh anyways on our way there uh we're about halfway into our trip we get to this part of the uh, trip where we're on a, it seems like a country road uh and it's about 11 o'clock at night and it's dark. Um, we don't know exactly where we're at. But the driver looks over to me. I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and he has this worried look on his face. And he's like, bro, we're about to run out of gas. Oh, no. I'm like, well, really? And so try and pick up my phone, Google a spot, gas station, no service. Oh, no. Because we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so after about two, three minutes, the van begins to sputter. Oh, school yeah. van, by the way, university van, because we're representing the university. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we get stuck on the middle side of the road, in the middle of the night, oh. in the middle of nowhere, wow. in this dark road. And uh, But uh, praise the Lord that although all our phones didn't have service, the one phone that had service with the cheapest carrier, by the way, <laughs> uh, had had a bar. Nice. <laughs> so we were able to call for uh, help. <laughs> but in waiting for the gas, because we were in the middle of nowhere, help wasn't coming until about two hours later. Mm. Yeah. So we were there waiting um in the dark not knowing where exactly where we're at only one phone working but there is not much worry or not much you know anxiety because we had hoped that the gas was on was on its way yeah yeah but for now we just got to wait sit patiently <laughs> and wait for the refilling or the renewing of our uh-huh. yeah of our gas tank and uh, so there's a few lessons that we we talk about because there's a group of us that was in that van that day we, we can laugh at it now and and we discussed it uh, 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 in passing um, a while back. And the lessons that we learned was one: we didn't 
we did not run out of gas because there's a shortage of gas stations. We we passed many gas stations on the way there. There's a, there's a shortage of gas. We uh we ran out of gas because we failed to check the gauge. Yeah. <laughs> so even in our lives, check check the gauges of our lives. You know, when we're running hot, yeah. When that, we're running low, check the gauges. That's what I meant at the very beginning when I was talking about if I had caught myself early and if this student had caught herself in August and then started yeah. to to refuel at that point instead of waiting until you're completely incapacitated on the side of the road, you know, <laughs> in your mind, for instance. But it's it's hard to be proactive because we're so reactive in this world. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, it's yeah. too easy to do the 15-second past the frontal lobe, you know, mm-hmm. mind-numbing scrolling. Uh, but it yeah. takes effort to actually click away from those things. I purposely, like, when you got TikTok for the journey, I was thinking in my mind, man, I swore I'd never get on TikTok. <laughs> and so I got on for the for the journey one day, and I was like, what are other people doing? And I don't know how much time passed, but I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I, I you know, X'd out of it. And I had never, you know, I don't even have a TikTok account, but I know how um, quickly that you can defuel yourself yeah. <laughs> by, uh, you know, what you choose to watch, listen to, and pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I loved at the end of the message, uh, you, you you went on a run with just so many like Bible verses and promises, and yeah. that was just so amazing. And so I I wanted to, I wanted to ask the room: Are there 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 could be someone that can hear and. Um, and take something that maybe you have held on to recently as as advice and as, as help. So the question is, are there certain promises in your life today that you have held on to that are, are helping in the renewing of your mind and kind of maybe whatever mm-hmm. you're going through, but are there certain promises that you're holding on to today that could maybe help someone that's listening? Yes. I knew this was, I knew she was going to be ecstatic for this question. So, oh, it's in Isaiah 26. It says, uh, I've converted it to be for me, but she who keeps her mind stayed on me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, will, I will keep in perfect peace. And I have this mm. in a, on a card in front of, uh, right behind my sink, and it's been there for years. And I didn't figure out what it meant until December. So I was like, what am I doing wrong, God? Obviously, I'm the problem. Mm. Obviously, you're not doing anything wrong. I don't have peace because of me. So I looked at that verse and I'm like, stay my mind. And I was like, man, Mm. what does it mean to stay my mind? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. I, I I love to live in the future or I love to live in the past. And I get my motivation for today by things I'm looking forward to in the future. It's nothing wrong looking Mm -hmm. forward to something, but if you live there, that's like a castle in the sky because, you know, the Bible says you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, so staying in my mind means staying today. So I'm just going to start rejecting um, the the normal pattern of my mind to to think about the future and think that I need to have this or that or I need to worry about this relationship or I need to worry about what I'm going to say when I see this person next. And so anytime I had a future thought, I would push it away. And then I'm like, man, I have nothing to think about. Everything that I used to think about or everything I think about is always something in the future. So mm-hmm. God taught me about that that verse uh, that staying my mind on him will keep me in perfect peace. He doesn't he doesn't give us peace for tomorrow today. And I yeah. mean, yes, he comforts our, our yesterdays, but that was big to me because I didn't have peace 
because I was future living. I wasn't staying in today. And that brought me, that was one of the verses that brought me through. Amen. Amen. That reminds me of Isaiah 40. And, uh, you know, it's found in verse 28 to 31. And it's a beautiful verse talking about uh, God being an everlasting God and a God who never grows weary or tired. And he's always there uh, for us. And uh, verse 31, it says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Mm -hmm. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and grow and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I like how the, uh, it gives us the picture of uh, if you're soaring, if you're running, or if you're walking, uh, there's opportunities to become tired. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. So whatever level you're at in life, you know, uh, there are going to be instances where you will get weary or tired. But according to this verse in Isaiah, praise the Lord for the promise that I hold on to on a daily basis is that mm. he's a God who's always there for us. Uh, he never fails us. Why? Because he's an everlasting God. Mm. And he never goes weary or tired and is inclined and wants to be a part of our lives. Mm. I love that. For me, I, I really had fun putting this list together. Um, and I encourage anybody listening to go back and listen to the list. Uh, I borrowed the idea uh, from an author I've been reading, but then I also added some some ones in that were that were special to me. And then I, I always appreciate, and today I, I like how you pointed it out that you personalized scripture um, to take it and put your name in it, yeah. or to put it in the first person that God is speaking to you, right? Uh, and one that's kind of reverberated in my mind is found in Matthew uh, sixteen verses 17 and 18. Um, and Jesus is exploring with his disciples who other people say that they are, they're who people say that Jesus is. Um, and Jesus turns to Simon, Simon Peter, uh, and he, he begins to share with him kind of a picture of the future. Um, and Jesus has a little bit of a play on words and it's kind of fun. Um, he, uh, he says, I say to you that you are Peter and Peter in Greek means pebble, like just kind of small stone. Uh, and he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And some people interpret that of like, oh yeah, look at the little pebble, pebble of Peter and Jesus built the rock. What Jesus is doing is he's saying, you're a pebble. And then he points back to himself and he says on this rock. And when Jesus says rock, he means like the rock, mm -hmm. not Dwayne, but <laughs> the real rock, the real rock. The real rock. <laughs> uh, but Peter compared to Dwayne, you know, like that, the, we're going for the rock. Right. <clears throat> and then, and then he says upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overpower it. And I love that imagery because I, I'm involved in full-time ministry and Jesus is standing up and saying, look, bro, it's me that's building this church. Yeah. And not just the building or the place, like the, the church is in the corporate body of Christ, right? So it's God that's doing the work. And he says, anything that the devil can throw against it will not prevail. And so I've come back to this first because I'm like, man, I can run all over this place trying to do God's work, um, be about his bidding. Um, Oswald Chambers says that the, um, uh, the, the single greatest uh, offense or danger in the Christian walk is serving Jesus because we can get so focused on serving Jesus that we not, never actually come into relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So I rest in the fact that it's God who's doing the work. And that anything that the devil throws against it will not prevail. And when I come back to that verse, it's like, man, like, why am I worried? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I got, I got nothing to worry about because God's yeah. the one's doing the work, and the enemy can't do anything to touch it. Right. Last thing in ten seconds, each one of you, someone's looking for peace. 
that's listening. Pastor Michael kind of played the funny video at the beginning of the message of maybe taking a walk. Something that has worked for you to find peace that you could give advice to someone in 10 seconds, what would it be? Read the book of John one chapter a day. Go for Mm. a walk and talk to God about it. A walk, just you. Don't walk your dogs. Don't walk anybody else. Just yourself. Yeah. And if you go (laughs) if you go at night when it's dark and you can see the stars, I have found more intimacy in my conversations with God that way. Mm. Sorry, that must have been twelve seconds. (laughs) It was good. I'll say, um, find a community. If you have a community, Mm. friends, family, please connect, (laughs) connect with them. And, uh, you know, don't isolate yourself. Uh, this is the time to come out and yeah. uh, be a part of people. Let them know what you're going through. And uh, find people who, who you can be vulnerable with. And um, uh, just, you know, embrace that time together. Be honest with yourself and with others. Mm-hmm. Know when you have given all you can give yeah. and you need help. Thank you guys so much for being here. This was a fantastic episode. Um, I think we covered everything that not only I wanted to, but that God wanted to mm-hmm. cover today and hopefully if you're listening you can take this episode and if it somehow impacted you or changed the way you think about something please share it with a family member or a friend we all know someone that is struggling with something and you never know if it impacted you who it could help change as well Uh, nowadays in the social media world we live in you don't know who could who you could be reaching by just simply clicking share wherever you're listening to this episode so thank you so much for that My name is Kelvin. Thank you guys so much for being here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Remember, there's always room for one more.